This is Cisco Chat Podcast. Each episode features Cisco experts discussing the latest technology topics from around the globe. As always, check out the show notes for links to more on today's topic. Welcome, and this is Jonathan Gillard. I'm the global marketing manager for Cisco DNA, one of the best jobs in the world from my perspective. I'm having a blast. And with us here, we have Dipesh Patel, who I've known for many years and uh, has one of the best IT jobs in the world, I would say. Dipesh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, your role at Cisco? Hey, glad to be here, Jonathan. Um, yeah, so my role within Cisco, I'm a network architect. Uh, I currently lead all our network architecture strategy for Cisco IT globally, with the exception of the DC. So everything outside the DC falls under me. So if you think about your core networks all the way through your home networks, partner networks, kind of all is, uh, falls under me from an architectural perspective. And you've been at Cisco for many years, but uh, I think right now you're seeing changes in the network architecture that you've never seen before and is pretty exciting. It's probably the most exciting point in my career, actually, um, with where we are right now with, with these controllers, DNA center. It's pretty amazing. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, re I'm most excited <laughs> I've ever been about networking. And I've been in networking for quite some time. So we're going to be talking about some of those changes. Okay. What specifically is causing those changes and how Cisco IT is responding from an architectural perspective and new innovations that are helping to address um, many of those things. So why don't you start off with uh, what in the networking realm is um, causing those changes and those transformations sure. in the way that you, you're thinking about architecting the network? So, so there's a few, few places and obviously there's a lot of change happening, but the three big ones for me, cloud, that still continues to be a major shift in change for us. Um, secondly, it's the technology, and specifically on the technology, it's these controller and assurance platforms. They are opening up a world of possibilities. And then last, and probably the most important, is how the change in our people and, and, and workforce is, 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 is gearing ourselves up for this new generation of networking. Okay, great. So yeah. why, why don't you dig in a little bit deeper and uh, like tell us a little bit what about cloud? What about automation? What about the skill sets required today? Sure. In each area, what, what is it that is most so, causing the change and, and how, how do you need to respond? So cloud for us, and it really focusing on the applications, and if you look at it from our perspective, running a network, a lot of these applications have, some, some of them moved or migrated to public cloud. So if you think of a lot of the SaaS offerings, in fact, a lot of the software that we use which used to reside in our data centers now runs on public cloud. Um, and then you've got these hybrid clouds. How do we best connect our private data centers to the public cloud? So there's a lot of shift in traffic patterns that have changed. So if you look back 10, 15 years to where we are right now, it's a very different uh, uh, ballpark, if you like. And if you look at what we're trying to achieve there is really optimize the connections. So where you may have got to your mail server inside of uh, your organization, now that may exist outside, so how do we optimize those connections? The second point on the controller and automation platform. Before we get, get to the controller though, sure. when, when, when we're talking about cloud, yeah. what is it specifically about cloud that keeps you up at night in terms of the network architecture? Yeah, specifically what keeps me up is making sure we've got 
the network optimized and assurance. Again, if I go back to the application that used to be hosting our data center, we own the whole path. We own the network from the workload, the switch, to the user. We don't have that anymore. Right? These applications sit on the other side of the internet. So I'm always uh, thinking about how can we optimize our connections and really move ourselves in this world of quality of experience. Uh, from a user to workload perspective, and then also from a workload or a service to service perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So I've just talked about user to workload, and then now we've got workload to workload, and the emergence of IoT, so making sure workloads can connect in to other workloads. Right? So for example, if you've got something hosted out in the Google Cloud, AWS, and that needs to be connected back into us. So that's also a really key part of uh, things that keep me up at night. Yeah. Great. Sure. So then moving on to the automation, the controller-based architectures. Yes. What are, what are you seeing there is, is driving that, the change? That is, what's driving the change there is the number and the sheer volume of devices that we have. And if we think of IoT as well as our network devices, we have tens of thousands of things to manage. If you look again to the past, when we were asked to make a change on the network, it could take months, because you're having to hit all these devices. What controller and automation platforms are giving to us is the ability to orchestrate that change from a single point in near real time. So now we've got this business agility, which used to take us a long time, now coming down into minutes or hours. So it's absolutely phenomenal, this whole world of controllers. And, and also, I should mention the assurance platforms as well. They're giving us this real-time telemetry, in a, 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 allowing us to make changes in real time. So really exciting for me. So both from a day one provisioning configuration perspective, and then also from day two troubleshooting, yes. the whole automation aspect of that, the controller-based approach to that, intent-based networking, Absolutely. which is the big buzzword right now. It is the big buzzword. By the way, how, how, I, would I, you, how would you... Uh, so you, you know my reluctance you, with, the, with, with all, a lot of the marketing, marketing buzzwords. Marketing yeah. buzzwords um, but I think we can even go through a few examples where, where now I actually see business intent being applied and translated into the network as a change uh, in real time. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So give us an example. Okay. Where, how, how would you see intent-based networking in, in, real, in action? So let, let's talk about one. In fact, well, if I can refer to one that we did yesterday. So yeah, it's pretty, absolutely. It's pretty exciting. So it was a bit of a role play, but it's a real scenario where, where John... Where did you do this? So John Manville and Radhi were, were, were doing their ITM session yesterday, and they had a session on intent-based networking. And the story went... Well, the script went a little bit like this, where there was a network security vulnerability. Um, Radhi went to DNA Center. There was a verified image that needed to be moved to, and she signaled that intent within DNAC. After that happened, a lot of automation on the back end kicked into play. So a service management or a service request was created uh, for a change that was then scheduled. The upgrade was, uh, the image was distributed to the device, upgraded, and then there was a, a verification that this, this change went well. And the great thing about all this, it was all done within a WebEx team space. So it was absolutely um, amazing to see. So this is an example where business intent in this scenario was a 
security breach that we needed to patch pretty quickly um, being translated into network in real time. And, and how long would that have taken before and what would the steps have been before that? So steps before, I mean, we, if we had some kind of vulnerability, it, the decisions would be made pretty fast, but the, to make that change on the network could have taken in the order of weeks or months. Uh, wow. Yeah, if you think of how many devices we have, now having a controller, we can simultaneously make that change. Obviously we'll phase that, so let's say in, in, in real time, probably a, a day or two. So we are reducing the, vi the, the window of where we're uh, vulnerable, if you like. So. And, and this is not just intent-based networking, but it's intent-based networking that's based on an open platform. So as you know, this is really um, a use case for what we announced yesterday, yes. or David Gepler at the uh, keynote yesterday announced Absolutely. around the DNA Center new open uh, platform capabilities with all the open APIs, the SDKs, and that's um, really you looking at how you can innovate on, on that platform. And how, how long did it take you to actually create that uh, scenario? So you, you, you'd be amazed. I think, uh, actually, I amaze myself sometimes. Uh, I think we had a chat, I had a chat with the developer literally maybe last Monday or Tuesday. And I think within a few days, we had this coded up. Um, so me as the network engineer working alongside um, our DNA administrator and the developer, we got together with the open, the rich open APIs that DNA Center has, it was very easy to code up. And I'm not a developer, um, I have to put my hands up there, but it was very easy to work with a developer to create this, this scenario. So yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. But it, this isn't new for Cisco to have APIs, right? So yes. what's the difference? How, how's this making such a major change and allowing you to I, I do think this? I think because the, uh, the APIs are really the language of the developer, so they don't need to have great uh, insights into uh, network protocols. So if you look back at things, or how we used to orchestrate changes in the past through either CLI or screen scraping or SNMP, those are things developers don't understand, but they do understand APIs. And it's very easy for them to interact with them. Um, so it's a very easy conversation, if you like. To get development and, and for this scenario, basically, you were using um, the APIs that integrated with ServiceNow. Is that, is that yes? Correct? That's right. Yeah. So we we uh, we had a bot within the uh, WebEx team room which orchestrated the the API request with ServiceNow, create the change. When the change was approved, it signaled back to DNA Center to start the the, the change. So there was an ecosystem of 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 things, if you like, or systems that were talking to each other to orchestrate this change, which would typically be done by humans. So yeah, pretty amazing. And the fact that you had a WebEx team room where the security operations yes. and the IT operations and network operations could all be on the same page. Absolutely. See, actually watch the uh, um, change different unfold. changes occurring and Absolutely. be on the same page. Yep. So the communications between those different operational teams are now completely insane. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look at what happened, happens in the past, maybe it's an email chain of we've done this, someone else does that, and then it's finally communicated. But this is one space where everyone gets to see everything in real time and how it's going on. So it, it's, it saves us hours on process, not just in the network team, but if you imagine the security teams, they've got real-time instant notification of a change that was successful and how vulnerable they are. So it's 
pretty awesome. So DNA Center now with open platform capabilities changes the world? Well, let, let, let's, let's not go that far, but it, we, <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to change the world. So as we progress with DNA Center and, uh, and the open APIs, um, it's got a huge amount of possibilities. So I think we, we talked about, well, I've talked about integrating them into systems that are not even the business systems. The weather systems, for example. So we have this scenario where when there's a snowstorm in certain cities, in fact, North Carolina, we have a, in RTP, we have about 10 or 15,000 users. And when it snows, it snows. So everyone <laughs> pretty much stays at home. And if you think what happens to the network in that scenario, our VPN head-ins get absolutely hammered. So if we get that weather report or that, in, that intent known in advance, we can react to NDNA Center and restructure how the network would, would react to that. So for example, we'd maybe bump up the bandwidth on our internet links, maybe downscale some of the others. So we can, we can react to not just to business intent, I call it environmental intent, if you like. Um, so yeah, pretty exciting. And you said that there were three aspects that yes. were really making major changes. So we, we covered cloud, Yes. and we spoke about now the automation and the controller-based systems Correct. that are changing everything, and you seem pretty excited about that. Um, but you said the biggest one is, is really around Yes, the biggest one, the biggest talent. one, um, some people say it's the hardest one. I think it's the most exciting one. It's what happens with our people, right? So network engineers, um, network managers, the network team in its entirety, how is it transitioning? So really what's happening in our space is this, we're trying to pivot ourselves to the world of software, okay? The speed at which we can get capabilities out. Um, we all know software is, is, is un, it's unparalleled in the software world. So we want to start developing a mindset around how we get things out quicker, code things, um, develop a mindset of dev, stage, prod, how do we get things through in a much more agile mindset, uh, really embracing the DevOps style of work. Um, and we've been on this journey now for a couple of years. So yes, it, it can be a bit tricky, but I think we, we're over the hump now. Um, a lot of our engineers, if not all, are on board with, with our journey. And it's, it's now transforming how we work with some of those examples that I showed you. Um, getting intent and translating that into the network in minutes, what used to take months before. So yeah, that's the biggest one for us. Right, so looking out maybe two, three years, Dipash, um, how do you see a network engineer's role changing in terms of the day-to-day? -day? Yeah. Um, what are the new things that they would be able to do now that maybe a network engineer doesn't have the time to yeah. do or so the skill set to do today? It, it can be a little bit of a touchy subject uh, because as I've described, we are automating things, but what happens when automation fails? We need people to understand the network. So for us, the network engineer, the CCIs that we have are actually table stakes. We need more of those people. They need to understand how the network runs. But what we'd like these engineers to do is to really embrace software methodologies, right? So understand how software or how their paradigm uh, or the solutions can work more with development teams. So what we do within Cisco IT is we actually work 
with very closely with application developers. So we're actually co-developing um, solutions, and that allows the cross-pollination of this is how we code and this is how the network runs. And I think over time we'll see this 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 kind of uh, merging of of, of uh, skill sets, if you like. So this is really what we're asking of our network engineers today, is to embrace software skills. So like, give me an example of how that might actually translate into a, an experience for a network engineer on a day-to-day -day basis. What, what a scenario, for example, that you could see that a network engineer could do today um, that maybe isn't possible today? So, if we take the scenario of, let's say, if we go back to the changes that we make on the network, that business intent, um, our network engineers, not so much now, but in, maybe in the past, have been too focused on getting the change on a box-by-box -box basis. Now, if you go back to the controller model, where they can interact with the controller, focus more on the business intent. So what is the change that I need to make? This is where the developers and the network engineers are actually upskilling themselves and understanding the business a little bit more and worrying a little bit less about how to translate that into the network. Remember, the controller is going to be taking care of how do I get this configuration out to thousands of devices. So really, it's, it's the software, network, and obviously a little bit of upskilling in terms of understanding what the business intent is. And I think with those three, we, we get these changes out quicker. So that's really what's happening. And you were giving me an, ex an example um, beforehand where... Yes, that's right. Uh, so th this is a pretty... And it's actually, it's not a demo. It's actually real. So we did this in, in London and where, whereby we can translate intent in real time. And I'll, let me run you through the story. So let's take our CEO, uh, who didn't really come to our office, but if he did, as soon as he enters the building, um, a WebEx team space is opened up. Okay, So if we say if it's anyone from our exec level comes in, what, that notifies the network engineer that there is someone pretty important, and he's probably going to have customers um, probably important customers in the building. Because the team, the, the WebEx team space is opened up, the network engineer now can embrace things like DNAC and make sure the network is fit for purpose and make any adjustments in real time. Um, so this is something that we've already done, and, and, and it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, we can so basically, what you're saying is in the past, um, Chuck or another executive might have come to a remote office, none of the IT team would have been aware of that. Correct. And even if they had been aware of it, they wouldn't have actually been able to um, make the changes that were required in the network or to monitor Absolutely. And, and ensure that the network and the application experience, more importantly than the network, but the applications that Chuck would be needing correct. to do. Correct, correct. For yeah. example, a video correct. Um, application to ensure that that application is getting the and right so one. that's a great point. I mean, now, again, taking that say, we would probably be a bit more reactive. Oh, right. Chuck's in the building. Um, a little bit of panic, and then we'll do the change. But now we get this notifications in real time. And just as you said, okay, we'll make sure all the video units or whichever room he's going to be in will have the optimal settings for video broadcast, voice quality, and, and so forth. So, yeah. So what 
basically what we're saying that the network engineer role um, would be changing from reactive, focused more on the configurations of the devices, et cetera, to actually now ensuring that business intent and the business is getting the correct user experience, the IT experience, the business experience that the organization needs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's, it's really not concerning themselves at a device level and more so at the system level right. where they can propagate the changes. Although at the same time, yeah. you think about you know, going in for a, a car maintenance uh, checkup in the, the local garage. Um, today, a lot of that is automated, yes. right? But that doesn't mean that the mechanics in the garage don't need to know the absolutely. ins and outs of, of, the, of the car. So and, that, and that's a really great point. Where, where we look to automate quite a lot of our systems Let's not fool ourselves. Obviously, being from IT, things do sometimes fail. And we need to know, have people that understand those individual And it's not pieces. getting simpler, right? It's, it's not getting simpler. Right. It's absolutely not getting simpler. Yeah. It's getting, the changes are coming faster. We're looking at a lot more automation. That's a given. But the complexity in those individual systems is still rising, so. Uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love to see the, um, enthusiasm and the excitement um, because I've been working with Dipesh uh, for many years and uh, I, I feel very much in the same way that uh, we're undergoing a really big change and yes. it is very exciting to see all the new innovation, the new capabilities, the new opportunities that having an open platform, um, I'm you know really thrilled to see the 15 partners that we've got in the uh, world of solutions that have already started all these, some of these yes. innovative ways to, to use the network. And I really uh, urge everyone that's uh, here at Cisco Live today to take a look at that because I think that's a great way to really appreciate the opportunities and the potential that this, uh, this open platform now, now offers. Um, any last words of uh, wisdom in terms of if uh, there are any network words. engineers out there, what, what their next step should be and I, how they should do? Uh, I think if I had to say one thing, I, uh, for me, it's the most exciting period. We've been through a lot of transitions in the networking space. And on a personal level that I've been able to work with developers and even code some of these scenarios up uh, is probably the most exciting time in networking ever especially with the controller platform. So for me, I think network engineers embrace software um, and think about speed, speed of change. I think it's all possible. It's going to be an amazing time. So yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, that's great, Dipesh. Thank you. This is Dipesh Patel from IT, and I'm Jonathan Gilad from uh, the global marketing team for DNA. Thanks for being with us, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Jonathan.